0: Welcome to another edition of Talk Your Exposure. This is Season 1, Episode 11. I'm alongside the host, the co-host, Devontae Campbell. What's going on with you, buddy? I'm good, man. I'm starting to get used to this thing. Hey, man, I'm telling you, YouTube sensation. We're, we're proud to have you on, on this channel, <laughs> man. We're proud to have you. We got a very special guest with us today, pro basketball player, former Division One, one of my friends, personal friends, the only person that I know that came out the womb of the 7-footer,
1: Jason Hannibal, how are you doing today, man? <laughs> I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. How are you guys doing? Good, man. Steph, good. what's Thank- good, man? I, su- I subscribe to the channel, man. I'll be watching you. See? <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> there you go. We,
0: we, we appreciate you taking some time to talk to us today, and, and we're going to start up the show with uh, with
2: some quick hitters from Devontae. No yeah, man. All right. So quick hitters, get the feet wet. going to give you two guys – in comparison, you got about six seconds to answer each, all right? Then we're moving on to the next one. All right, all right. so first one, Kyle Lowry or Fred Van Fleet. Ooh. Uh,
1: I'm taking Kyle Lowry. Okay. I'm taking Kyle Lowry Wiggins, all day. Wiggins, Kelly Oubre. Oh, that one's tough. Uh, that one's I'm taking tough. Wiggins. Wiggins, Wiggins. Um, I got to take him too, man.
2: I got to take him too. Okay. <laughs> um, Sabonis or Julius Randle?
1: Sabonis, no question. Sabonis. Okay.
2: <laughs> okay. I'm gonna go with Julius, but that, that's okay. That's what we different. Yeah. Last one, last one. You know, I gotta go around your realm now. So are you gonna take Andre Drummond or are you gonna take Porzingis?
1: Oh f- Help We gotta get to the I'll seven footers. I'm taking Drummond. I'm taking Drummond.
2: I'm taking Drummond, too. I'm taking Drummond, too. All right, we good. We good to go. We good to go. (laughs) So you taking Van Fleet over Lowry? Am I taking Van Fleet over Lowry? No, I'm not. Okay. I'm not. He's not. He's not. I love Van Fleet, but I'm not. I'm going to go with the safe route for this one. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I I like those answers. I like those answers, especially the Kyle Lowry one. I like that one. Future Hall of Famer. Shout out Kyle Lowry. Exactly, exactly, exactly. (laughs) Typically, you, you, you don't really feel, feel small next to people. Have we, has there been anybody that you stood next to that you're like, holy shit, like, I'm actually kind of small?
1: Um, good question. Yeah. So the first time that I probably felt, like, pretty small next to someone was uh, I was at University of Portland and we were playing Gonzaga at Gonzaga, right? Mm-hmm. I think this was maybe my freshman or sophomore year, like, first mm-hmm. or second year. They had a guy, Will Foster, I don't know if you guys know who Will Foster is, but he's like seven five. That's the mm. and that was the first time I'd ever seen someone like that tall. And so uh, it's a, it's probably two minutes left in the game. We're getting blown out, and um they're at the free throw line, and he's checks into the game because he barely played. And he comes and he stands right beside me, and I'm just like Wow. <laughs> wow. I gotta search him after like, this. I was like, man, this is some bullshit, man. (laughs) (laughs) Because I know the next play, the ball's going to come right to him and I got to guard him, you know? Mm -hmm. And yeah, so that was the first time. But then since then, I've been like, there's actually a lot of guys that are, you know, like 7'3 and up. So I've never really been in awe like that before. But there was then, and then also the first time I met Sim Bular. Mm -hmm. He's he's like, what, 7'4? But then he's also like, very wide too so it's like Jesus Christ because <laughs> oh, guy's a freaking wall man <laughs> yeah and the, and the thing
0: the thing with Sim the, the, pe- the thing that was Sim that people don't understand like you said he's so wide but he's actually strong he's, he's not yeah. one of those like like people you could just push around you know what I mean like you like he's he's taking up the whole ground <laughs> I yeah. had to guard him when he was in grade seven he was like six seven at the time <laughs> and I'm like bro this is ridiculous like I, I was tired after like two minutes of guarding him but yeah. no you're you're, you're you're 100% right about that it's crazy um, like I feel when, he, small. when he
1: plays on teams and he sits in that, two, and they sit in that two-three zone, and he's in the middle, bro, you have to he's shoot gar- He's from, he's from both sides. His like his arms are both sides of the key, man. It's like, right. what do you do? <laughs> yeah. So, growing
0: up, who who did you compare your game to?
1: Um, I mean, I didn't really compare my game to anyone specifically. But people wanted me to, because I was so much bigger than everyone, they were like, oh, you got to be like Shaq. You got to do this. You got to do that. And, like, just dunk the ball. I mean, I was never, especially when I was younger, I was not aggressive at all. Because when you're, that was never my my personality, you know? Yeah. So it was hard to uh, bring that into the game, especially when I was younger. Only when I was older, I learned to go on the court, kick someone's ass, and then be cool off the court. For sure. For sure. Did, yeah, did, so, um, oh,
0: go did, ahead. Did you idolize Shaq when you were growing up? Like, I, did, idolized, I did. I, was, I wouldn't say idolize, but, like, what, did you watch a lot of his film?
1: Yeah, I did.
0: Okay, okay, okay. So, when, 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 when my parents got me all these books and everything, and I was reading everything about Shaq all the time. So, when they compared you, when they said they wanted you to be like Shaq, were you, like, okay, like, <laughs> that's kind of cool, or was it, like, was it, was, yeah. it,
1: was it traumatizing a little bit? No, it was cool, but then I was, like, okay, but I, like, can't touch the rim yet, so... what do you want me to do what do you want me to do (laughs) fair enough fair enough fair enough but then when I when I started like learning more about the game myself because my dad you know growing up and like you know being older he would always be like oh watch uh Kareem Abdul-Jabbar watch Mm. Bill Russell all those kind of guys you know so then when I learned more about Bill Russell I was like okay that's someone who I can see myself playing as like just getting every rebound blocking like every shot and then like pretty much just doing whatever he needs for his team to win. fair enough. who are you looking forward to watching this year? Um, I mean I was looking forward to watching the Raptors but Jesus Christ I don't know what the <laughs> hell's going on I think
0: I think one of the things for us for, for, for them right now in particular is the fact that you know they, they lost Sergio Ibaka which is a big loss um, I'm not really so so fond of the Marcus saw loss I don't really care. Um, but Sergio Baca, I think, was, was was a rim protector. And when you have Aaron Baines and, and Landon Boucher, no disrespect to Boucher or, or whatever, but they're not no Serge Ibaka who's can who can protect inside and guard guard somebody like a Joel Embiid. Um, and yeah. even even you know the fact that we're playing in Florida, we never have home fans. You know what I mean? So yeah. so, so the fact that, you know, in my opinion, and I'm a little biased, I'm a diehard rappers fan people that know. Um, you know, you look at the, the Toronto Raptors fan base, they're the best in the world, in my opinion. So you yeah. take that, you you take that out of the equation. We suck.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow.
0: I can I could
1: definitely see that.
0: You know, um, what you, you said you said you were you were looking forward to watching the Raptors play. What what do you like about the Raptors in particular, other than the fact that they're a Canadian team?
1: Um, I mean, I really liked when they had the whole bench mob thing going because mm. one thing that I've always felt is that basketball is obviously a team game, but like people don't make use of their bench. If you can make use of your bench properly, because It's the NBA, all these guys can play, you just have to know how to use them properly. Right. This whole like seven or eight person rotation, I never understood that because it's like, why would you have like a 12, 13, 14 player team and only use half the team? It doesn't make Mm -hmm. sense because those guys are obviously there for a reason. They can ball, throw them in the mix. Yeah. If you have if you play 10 guys and everyone's scoring 12 points, I guarantee you're winning every game. I guarantee. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I guarantee. Yeah. Because then Everyone's going to be rested. Everyone's going to go get after on defense, lock up, and everyone's going to be excited to play because they're going to get the ball and get their chance to shine.
2: For
0: sure.
1: So, and the the, the one thing that people don't that people take for granted is
0: experience. You know, and we, we yeah. we've all we've all played. You know, university basketball. You know, you and Devontae played pro basketball. We understand that, especially when you're coaching, you take you get a bit of a different sense of it. And for me, in particular, as, as a coach. I've learned over time to use my bottom guys and sometimes not play my, my, my starting guys as much as usual because when we when we get down to the playoffs, when we get down to a, a key game, they've already had that experience of play and they're in game shape at that point. And people exactly. don't understand the difference of game shape compared to practice shape. And for me in particular, from what I see, it's like not a lot of coaches. And, and I agree with you, you know, Nick Nurse did a great job at, at, you know, utilizing his bench throughout the year. And then come playoff time, we see that go down what happened to the Raptors last year. Um, so I definitely agree with you on that one. And, and just even kind of touch up on that a little bit, just, just game, game experience compared to practice experience. Can you touch up on that a little
1: bit? Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a huge thing because even in my days playing pro, like there'll be guys who they're so excited to play the game and, you know, they practice hard and everything. But then because they don't have that much game experience, when they do get thrown into the game, they're scared. They got the nerves, all this kind of stuff. Like there's, there's so many guys on teams that I've seen where in practice, Knockdown three-point shooter mm-hmm. i get the ball i get double teamed i kick it to him jesus christ man he couldn't hit a rock <laughs> with the he couldn't hit the ocean with a rock Facts. Yes. i'm like i'm like yo i don't get it i saw you make 10 threes in a row yeah <laughs> it's the same thing it's the same shot just shoot it let it go but for, for some sure. reason you know they need that game experience because sure. all that pressure and everything it's different when it's in the game I'm kind of glad you brought that up about music
0: and going to school, you know, not just for basketball and stuff. We have, we have a lot of viewers and a lot of fans that, that, that watch this that are kids, that are youth. Uh, talk, yeah. to, talk a little bit about how important, you know, education is and, and picking a decision that is best for just uh, on an educational standpoint for your life compared to just basketball.
1: Because here's the first thing that people got to remember. No grades, no game. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter how good you are. I've seen many a player in my time and like, you know, before me, and even like during my time, and then people younger who they just play basketball, they don't take their school seriously, they don't take their you know academics seriously, can't play. Mm-hmm. Can't play on the school team, you don't get the you don't get the grades, then you can't get a scholarship. Mm-hmm. And trust me, you're not you're not paying that money to go down to the States and go to school there. This it's way too much, way right. too much. So you gotta take care of that. You take care of that, and then everything else will fall into place. And the thing is, it's easy. You just got to do it. Do a little bit every day. Be on top of it every day. Mm-hmm. You be on top of that every, every, You be on top of it every day, and everything will fall into place. But then there, these guys are like, "Oh, it, that shit don't matter. That shit don't matter." It's like, okay, try to do the SAT. Because they don't tell a lot they, the kids they, don't they know about they don't that. Tell SAT, you, they, yeah, SAT. they don't tell you about that in the in the beginning. They don't tell you about that in grade nine, grade ten. They tell you about that. It's like I didn't know about the the SAT until I got to like grade eleven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm like. Like the end of grade eleven, I was like, "SAT, what's that?" They're like, "Yeah, it's a test you got to do to uh, get into the to get a scholarship." And it works on a sliding scale. They don't tell you about the sliding scale that your marks and grades from grade nine count towards that sliding scale. I was like, "Oh man, I've been messing around for three years." <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: so all those all those bad grades, <clears throat> excuse me, all those bad grades that I got came back to like almost bite me in the ass because now yeah. in these. In my last couple of years, I had to work so hard to get my average to a point where my SAT score didn't have to be off out the roof so I can go. Right. Because they got a balance. If you have bad grades, <clears throat> your SAT score has to be really high. If you have good grades, your SAT score can be a little, a little bit lower, so you can go in. People don't know. People don't know about that. So yeah, you, because sure. here in Canada, only the, the the grade twelve marks matter. There, everything matters. So, and the thing That's is, like crazy. in this in the states, like you're kind of groomed to be able to take the SAT to go to college. So like your whole yeah. high school, they're teaching you like almost how to take the test. Bro, yeah. I had to, uh, my guidance counselor got me a SAT book on how to learn how to take the SAT. I took a practice SAT. I was like, what the hell are these questions, Matt? <laughs> <laughs> I had a spare and in my spare, I was just studying for the SAT. Yeah. So I could learn how to take it properly and actually do well. I took this shit four times, man. Damn. So I'm doing a podcast. <laughs> I had to take the test four times, and I, and I only got the marks that I needed on the fourth time. Yeah, that's, that's like, crazy, man. it's like people—they don't—they don't know about this. And the thing is, they like, don't know. Yeah, they don't, they don't know. And the thing is, when I when I think back, I vaguely remember someone saying something about SAT, but it didn't seem important. You know, they gotta make sure they drill that into kids that want to yeah. go to the states. Yeah, because. At- I mean,
0: and that's, that's the difference of, of Canadian basketball compared to American basketball, right? Like, like you look at at, at Canadian basketball, we don't bleed it. You know what I'm saying? The, the country yeah. in itself doesn't bleed Canada uh, or basketball. Where you look at the United States, it's football and basketball over there. And if you don't play basketball or play football, it, they look at you like you're like you best in the head.
1: You know what, <laughs> you know what I mean? So, it, like, it's like, like, like... Like, what are like, you doing with your life? What do you mean you don't play basketball?
2: Exactly. <laughs> Especially the more <laughs> south you go
1: right yeah exactly you, you know what I mean
0: so so like like I don't feel like we have the proper guidance to be able to to you know uh to be able to get the SATs and be able to do what we're supposed to do and especially with like core course and stuff I didn't learn about core courses, core course until I was in my grade 12 year I was supposed, yeah. to, go to, supposed <laughs> to go to a, pre, a prep school called Westwind Prep in Arizona and the, the coach called me back and said yeah we can't take you because you know you don't have enough core courses." I said what the hell is that yeah <laughs> you know what you're I mean
1: so, too late you know
0: Right, so that brings me to my next question. You, you after after your grade twelve year, you go to you go to Portland University. Mm-hmm. Two two parter. First one. Actually, you know what? Before we get to that, I want to know what was what your score at SAT? What do you have to get to SAT in order to be able to get to Portland?
1: Um, I don't remember exactly, but I have all my SAT results upstairs. Okay, before, but before like, before
2: before that. Were you ACT or SAT?
1: Uh Do you remember? SAT. SAT.
2: Okay, uh, so I'm because I was ACT, man. Yeah. I couldn't do the SAT. And, and, and Kids so also don't know the differences between those yeah. two.
1: Yeah. Uh, I only stuck I, with the SAT because uh, when I originally took it, like I, I took it, started studying for it with the with like the SAT textbook. Yeah. Man. And then they told me about the ACT after, and I didn't want to have to get another okay, so whole you just, other set of stuff. So I just, I was like, you know what? Let me just grind okay. out on the SAT. But, okay. you know, I don't know. I don't know what's going on in the States, but there's something going on there because they always say that black kids score better on the, the ACT. Yeah. Mm. I think, I know, I've heard of that. I've heard of that. Why? I don't know. It should be a standardized test. Why do black kids score, score higher on the ACT? I don't know. I didn't I think said, this, the ACT, I don't know.
2: I got my 19, and I was gone.
1: <laughs> gone. I was out. I was out. <laughs> I was good to go. Thank you. I feel it. I feel it. Man. I feel it. But I needed like a 14 something, I think, on the SAT, and also because Portland, it's a, it's like a very academic school too. So okay, okay,
0: that's
1: so why I needed to be so high.
0: Your final year,
1: who are you be- being recruited by? So, I had gotten a lot of letters from a lot of schools. Um, but I was mainly in contact with University of Portland, Colgate, Purdue, mm. and, and Wagner. Okay. Those four. Run, run, run us down the, de- the decision for Portland. Um, well, Portland, they just went the hardest because all the other schools, like... There were two, the only two people who came and actually visited me here. Where the coach was in Portland, and then one coach from uh, Oakland University, okay. he like was randomly in town and was like, "Yo, what's up? I'm from Oakland. Hey, here, take this book. I'm out." <laughs> like, what the, what the, hell, was that? <laughs> what the <laughs> hell was that? You know. But then, like the coaches in Portland, like when the assistants came, met with my coach, came and watched the practice met my family, met my, like, OBA coach, that kind of stuff, my AAU coach, and then he left, and then the head coach actually came later on.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, and then what what I learned from my coaches, they're like, look, this is important because head coaches aren't the ones that come out to visit. Like, usually they'll just send the assistant, mm-hmm. and the head coach, like, does not come. So the fact that the head coach is coming all the way here to, like, literally sit in, the, in this living room and talk to you about, coming to the school, that's like a big deal. So you should really consider it. Be, like, be. I didn't really know that much about, um, you know, the recruitment process. And that's another thing, like my, like my year, what was that, 2007, was mm-hmm. probably one of the last years before people started going to prep school. So it's like going from Canadian high school basketball, which is not good and like, wasn't really good back then. Straight to division one. <laughs> Yeah, that's a huge jump and so like there's not a lot of like they don't know how to help you bridge the gap you know Mm -hmm. so i don't know man it was tough like he came here and it's like i understand you guys want me to come to portland but like i kind of want to see what other options i got because my dream school is north carolina and i've gotten letters from them damn you're, you're yeah, a Duke North Carolina?
2: Yes, sir. Tar Heels, baby. I'm, I'm, Tar Heels, I'm,
1: man. Tar Heels. All right, this interview is well, over. No, i <laughs> <laughs> Well, the thing with me is that, like, even though I was Tar Heels, it's like I never hated Duke. Like, they're all so good, but it's just, mm. I don't know. Something about North Carolina, I just always just always loved it. Exactly. Like, I'd gotten letters from them. I'd went, I'd went to a camp from them. I'd met, you know, Roy Williams. I'd met Tyler Hansbrough. I met Sean May, all those guys. Marvin, uh, Marvin Williams. I was like, oh, my God, this is a dream come true. Like, I will do... Anything to play here. Actually, anything. <laughs> Whatever you want, I'ma do it. You know? But like it just never it just never materialized. Like I went to that camp, killed everyone, but yeah. just never it just never materialized in anything, you know. And sometimes so... I think maybe it's because like because like when team I didn't know the whole thing about like when team sends you a letter, there's like a recruitment thing that you have to fill out, send back, and then you guys like Send letters back and forth, and then they can call you at a certain time, and you can call them them at a certain time. But and the thing is, it's, it's weird because it's how am I supposed to know what time or what day I can talk to you guys <laughs> if you guys don't tell me? If you don't tell me, how am I supposed to know? Yeah, you know. But there's hey. rules and rules and regulations to all this kind of stuff. But yeah, it's like up here, we don't we don't know it, especially if I go to a school where no one has literally ever played pro basketball ever. Yeah. Coming from that school, you know, yeah, for sure. So it's like, how can how can they teach me if they don't know? So it's like, they can't, they can I can't blame them. So another reason which I kind of left out or like forgot is that their their head coach was also a center. Mm. So I felt like because I was still I was still raw, yeah. He can he can teach me a lot that I need to learn. You know, to be mm. the best player I could be. So. I'm glad you brought
0: that up because I have a question about, about your coach later on. So, but right now I want to know, you're 17 to 19 somewhere between that age, age gap. You go to Portland, you go to Portland, you're far away from your family. Talk about the tra- transition of leaving your family behind and being a young kid to be able to start your, your, your basketball career?
1: Um, it, was, it was tough because that was my first time like you know leaving home for a long period of time. Like I'd went and gone to camps and that kind of stuff, but this is like leaving home for like a year. Yeah. (laughs) And not like not coming back for that whole year and just playing ball in an Mm -hmm. environment which I don't know anyone. But I mean, I've always been like, you know, a pretty I've been a go a go-getter, pretty like independent kid in my own, you know, in my own head at least. Mm -hmm. So I was ready for the challenge and I was ready to, you know, take those steps to do what I needed to do. At least well. I thought I was ready. I didn't know what I needed to do. So by the time I got there, I was overwhelmed. <laughs> I was overwhelmed. I was overwhelmed very quickly. <laughs>
0: yeah. That That, that, that brings me to my next question. What was it like stepping onto that campus and seeing, you know, obviously Port Credit is, is, is a lot smaller than, than any Division One campus in general. So what's it like, A, you're, now you left your family, you're a young kid. You see all these beautiful women all over the place. You see, you know, a bunch of grown men all over the place. What was it like? Being in, in damn near close to the NBA at that point, w- were you? Were you? Were you? Were you nervous by it? Were you? Were you? Dis- were you happy? Were you excited? Give us walk us through your emotions and what and walk us through what you thought about going into it.
1: Yeah, I mean, I was I was a little nervous, but I was more excited, like that kind of that, that anxious excitement, you know? Okay. Because it's like it's like all right now um, now I'm here, like I've like this uh, everything that I've been working for has like you know come to a head here. So now mm-hmm. it's time to really get to work and, like, get going and, you know, show these people what I can do. And, like, I've been watching the NCAA tournament, March Madness with my dad every year, my whole entire life. Yeah. Now I'm ready to, you know, get there with my team and do all this kind of stuff, you know. And it was pretty cool being on campus, especially because our campus was, like, kind of isolated, like, for, away from the rest of, like, Portland. Mm-hmm. So it was like, almost like a little, not, I don't want to say a village, but it's a community and it's within itself. So it's cool to like walk around and see everything. And there's like some really old buildings. What they had a gym when I was there, it's torn, it's torn down now. I'm pretty sure. But Michael Jordan actually shot a commercial in there. Oh wow. Yeah. So it was pretty cool to like see like the history and that kind of stuff. And like, just learn about the school and Portland's a great city, great place a little weird when it comes to the hipster kind of stuff, but you know, that's another story for, for another day. Right, for sure. <laughs> yeah, for it, was sure, good, sure. it was a good place, good meeting people. And then especially when you're in a new place, you're like, wow, when was the last time where I was somewhere that absolutely no one here knows who I am, like knows my personality, knows anything about me. It's like, oh, I could yeah. be someone brand new. <laughs> but that's not, <laughs> that's not me. So I just ended up you know, being my same old self. And especially back then, I was like, what, 19? Never had a girlfriend, like, didn't drink at that point in time. I mean, I still don't drink now because I'm, you know, I'm a, good, I'm a great guy. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, so I, about the whole women walking around, it was it was cool to see, you know, girls walking around, that kind of stuff. But I was more, I was so focused on being the best basketball player I could be at, mm-hmm. like when I first got there. So I was, I was, I was just ready to go, you know, Fair yeah, ready to go. Fair enough.
0: Training camp. Talk to us about your first training camp. Were you ready for it?
1: No. <laughs> no, no, no. No. Yeah. Like, I was, I've always been a strong guy, but at that point in time, I had not lifted a weight. Mm. And they just threw us in the weight room. We started learning how to do Olympic lifts, that kind of stuff. Like It's like coming from a place where we would practice. And the thing is, because our coach was like a volunteer, we didn't even have practice every day, mm-hmm. And then going to a place where you're lifting weights and practicing nearly every day. It's like my body, it's like now what I know is muscle soreness, I just knew as pain. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, yo, I'm in pain, I'm in pain, I'm in pain. Yeah. And it was like, okay, are you sore or do you hurt? I'm like, it hurts everywhere. <laughs> 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 so, like, learning to differenti- differentiate between like, being hurt and being sore <laughs> was another yeah. whole step, you know, cause they're like, man, this guy, this guy's soft, like what's going on? Yeah. But it's like, once I, once my muscles finally got into condition of, you know, lifting and doing all that kind of stuff, which took a long time,
2: <laughs> but yeah. then
1: I was, then I was good. But yeah, sure. I was not in, I was not in weight room shape yet. I wasn't in conditioning shape yet. And then I wasn't as skilled as everyone else.
0: For sure, so. for sure.
1: So some people were looking at me, they're just like, Who the hell is this guy? This guy sucks. But then, like, <laughs> when they would put me one on one against someone, okay. Now you're seeing I'm mm-hmm. cooking them up and hitting them with the dream shake, I'm hitting them with left hook, right hook, they're like, Okay. Okay. You see why this guy's here. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay.
0: So I have seen lately that you've been posting some stuff on, on Instagram related to running and and you know, try to get in better shape and stuff like that. When you're yeah. night when you're 19 down there. What was the hardest thing to, you know, contribute or not contribute to? What was the hardest thing to adapt to um, just into the lifestyle of, of American basketball player?
1: Hardest thing to adapt to? Um, I guess what I wasn't really ready for was just like how much, maybe not, I'm trying to think of how I can put it. Because down there, it's a business. NCAA is a business. You lose. Like the coaches can lose their job. Yeah. So they treat you like, hey, you guys have to win so we can stay. It's real. Because even though, you know, what, what do athletes really get? They get their education paid for, they get free food, free room and board, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. But really, that's it. And, and you know, these NCAA makes so much money off and the school makes money off of the team doing well. So it's like they will, they will drill you into the ground to make sure that they can do as well as they can, you know? Fair enough. Fair and enough. it's like, and especially back then, I don't know what they, I don't know what they had against Canadians, but for some reason, I mean, Americans, they were just not, they were like, yo, these Canadians, like they're soft and this, they, they only play hockey, they can't play basketball, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. So they were on my neck and I'm used to having some kind of pressure, you know, when it comes to like leading a team and that kind of stuff. But like, I'm talking about like pressure and everything I do, everywhere I go, they're like, okay, where at Nike School. You can't wear, you can't wear Adidas shoes walking around campus. I'm like, Rock. yo, I'm not trying to wear those weak, weak ass purple shoes everywhere, man. <laughs> <laughs> like you,
2: you, guys that, you, head,
1: you guys got me head to toe in purple, man. I'm out here looking like Barney. Like I got, I got, I got to change up, you know. But you gotta man, pick got to stick within the rules, you know. And that's and that's another thing. Like everything is by by the book. I mean, at least at my school. What I learned later on is that not everyone is by the book, but that's just how some schools run. But my school was, like, very by the book. Like, no NCAA violations at the school at all. For sure. So I wasn't ready for how, like, how much they were going to be on me about, like, basketball. Because everything for the coaches related back to basketball Mm -hmm. or back to being ready to play and that kind of stuff. So it's like if you were walking around eating, like, a, a chocolate bar, it could go to the extreme where it's like, okay, he's eating a he's eating a chocolate bar. He's not he's not um, serious about being in shape. Mm-hmm. It's a chocolate bar, man. I'm I'm 19, <laughs> I'm 19 years old. Can I enjoy a freaking Mr. Big without someone breathing down my neck? Yeah. But literally, no. <laughs> yeah. No, man, you can't. That's crazy. Um, That's crazy. Yeah.
0: Your first game. Your first game of of, of your your freshman season. Who was it against My and, you know, game. and so two, sure. two 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 parter first game. Who, who do you guys play against and what at what part of your season did you realize, like, damn, like this person, was there any opponent that taught you anything? Um,
1: our first game of the season was, um, well obviously do you mean like exhibition or like actual season game actual season game it's funny i don't I don't remember who our actual season game first season game was i guess, but I remember our our my very very first game it was against um i think it was uh was it western western oregon university western oregon or western washington i think it was western oregon okay and they were, because, you know, the division ones, they always play like NAIA Division Two just to kind of get their feet wet, you know. Mm-hmm. But there was a huge shift when I went to UP. So we had gotten, what, six or seven new players that year because what our, cause our coach, the one that we had got my first year was his second year. Mm-hmm. So we had a bunch of players from the old coach. And what he did was he literally just got rid of all of them. Like mm-hmm. a bunch of them graduated and then a bunch of them transferred and then, some of the ones that were left, you was just like, yeah, you guys can like, you know, go somewhere else. And so we had seven new people, and like a team, a, like a twelve-player team with like seven freshmen. I'm sorry, we we were no Fab Five, man. <laughs> <laughs> we were no Fab Five. Right. And I'm pretty sure that we lost to that Division Two team, but it was like by one or something, like right at the end. Yeah. But when I when we lost, I was like. Uh oh. <laughs> oh no. Oh no. This this season is not gonna be what I thought it was gonna be, you know. And I mean we were good, but it's just we were all young. We were all new. We didn't we didn't know what we had to do, you know. Right. You know like we were trying out there, we were running the place, but we were all kind of like robots out there, you know, just trying to try not to make a mistake and like feeling each other out. Right. No swag, nothing. Well, well, okay. I had my I had my swag. at least at least I kept mine especially in the beginning in the very beginning I had mine yeah I got chopped down later on but (laughs) I guess we can get we can get to that later fair enough but yeah um, that was the the game where I was like oh man we might be in trouble and then later on we played BYU okay and that's when they had I mean you're not gonna know these guys but whatever. They they had some NBA guys on that squad too you know and they had and then we played Washington. We got beat at beat we got beat by BYU by like 30 something at home. Bro, Mm-mm. they didn't even warm up. Because BYU is like in Utah and like it's a it's a huge like Mormon school and that kind of stuff. When BYU came because there's a home game, when they came to our place every BYU fan, every Mormon came to our gym and packed it up. It was literally a home game for them. Mm. I didn't know how good they were, but they were literally like 10 minutes before the game in the crowd shaking people's hands. Hey, how are you guys doing? Da-da-da. Giving people high-fives. I'm like, man, the disrespect. When I get out there, I'm going to give them a piece of my mind. Bro. They <laughs> just, they destroyed, they destroyed, they destroyed us. They destroyed us. They destroyed us, man. I couldn't believe it. I was like, yo, these guys are literally—they're like, uh, uh, right before the jump, <laughs> doing like some bullshit stretches. I'm like, man, they're not ready. They're not ready. They came out, they whooped our ass royally, man. Mm-hmm. And the crowd is chanting BYU, and I'm like, yo, where the where the Portland fans? I look over, I see our section. They're screaming as loud as they can, but the whole place is just drowning about because there's so many uh, there's so many people, you know. Mm-hmm. So we played um Washington, and they had a guy named John Brockman. And this guy is like, it, it's a, one of the funniest things that I would ever seen. Six seven center. And I'm like, the hell? And they're like, yo, he might be six seven, but like, don't take this guy lightly because he is a, this dude is a beast. Mm-hmm. Those guys can go. And like we we had watched we had watched some film and like I really didn't get it. All he all he would do is catch it. Reverse, like, uh, yeah, reverse pivot, and just rip right to the basket. He's ripping through everyone. He's elbowing people. He's knocking people over. He's charging on people. He's slamming on people. This is like a, like a six-seven country boy, with bounce and like <laughs> strong. We played against him. Yo, he elbowed me so hard, man. <laughs> <laughs> I can. I, 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 c- c- never, I can. I can imagine. Had never, I had never been elbowed that hard ever in my life. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like I felt my whole body, like, shift to the side. I was like, oh, damn. <laughs> oh, damn. That's right. So that's when I really first learned, like, how serious things were. And it just got more serious as I went on. But then because I had experienced that early on, like, I was ready for what came later, so.
0: Sure. Yeah. Second, second, third or fourth year, you know, as, as you mentioned, you had six or seven new guys. Uh, you, you had a lot of Canadians on the team throughout your years there yeah. as well. Um, talk to us a little bit about your second, third, and fourth year. You, you know, did you guys get better? Do you guys feel more comfortable? Did you guys win more games? Was there any possibility of making them, making March Madness because that was one of your dreams when you were younger? Um, talk to us about about all of that.
1: Yeah. So the first year we went, what I think it was like nine and twenty-two. Mm. That only nine games, but from that point on, like especially because. I think that year was good for us because after we got our ass kicked, we were like, okay, look, we need to get it in gear. And also, Mm -hmm. the coaches were like, okay, let's like, we didn't crush them enough to work hard. So let's like crush them more. (laughs) Fair enough. Because um, in the summertime, there's a summer, two summer sessions, right? I think like it's like a month and a half each. So you can do some summer school and then stay, workout, whatever, right? Because the coaches will stay, the coaches will stay in. You know, they can't tell you what to do, but they'll, like, design the workout and they'll have the manager be like, okay, give this to them and, like, monitor them the whole time to make sure that they do this. And they schedule weights and they schedule Open Gym and they schedule, like, individuals for you and, like, little group workouts and stuff like that. So the work doesn't stop. Um, But then you just – and also you get to, like, kind of fast track with, um, with your courses. So it always helps. So they always, like, you know, suggest that you do summer school. Because I was doing music, I majored in music by the way. So I kept okay. doing the, my music okay. all through university. Music was one of the most demanding majors in, in university. It was like engineering, nursing, music. <laughs> so I did both summer sessions pretty much every year. So I rarely, rarely, rarely went home. And when I went home, it was for like a week and then I'd be back at school for like mm-hmm. the whole year. <laughs> okay. Was that
2: intentional? Did you
1: not want to be home or it just happened that way? It just happened that way. Because I definitely, especially after my first year, after my first year, man, by the the time November came, because in the winter, like summers and springs in uh, Portland, they're pretty good. Summers, especially on the West Coast, in, in in the Pacific Northwest, amazing. Spring, it can be a little dreary and a little rainy, but summer, amazing. The winter and the fall, Lord so depressing, man, because it's cloudy all the time, drizzling, like you barely see the sun. At
0: At least you don't have snow, though.
1: Yeah, that's true. Barely any snow out there. It was like one dreary November day, and like I was just so sore and like tired of getting yelled at by my teammates and by my coaches. And I was like, man, you know what? After I'm done with classes and after I'm done with practice, I'm coming home, I'm coming back to my room, and I'm seeing where I can transfer, because this is some bullshit. (laughs) Sophomore year. Freshman year. Freshman
2: year, okay.
1: Freshman year, this is like two months into school, my man, this is some bullshit, I gotta go somewhere else, man, and after practice, I uh, just, I came back, and I just never, I just never did it, because I was like, okay, I can't. I, I feel like that's being a quitter. Like leaving here and leaving like a tough situation, leaving something when it gets hard, I feel like that's being a quitter. Mm-hmm. And like I can't I can't be a quitter. I will I will persevere through this, you know, because especially like back in my day, when you would go to the States, a lot of people would go, but then within a year they'd be back. So it's like people would almost place bets. They're like, okay, when do you think he's coming back? Yeah. And I knew that people were like, oh, yeah, Jason will go for a couple months, maybe a year, two years, but he'll be back. He'll be back because they didn't think I had what it took, but they didn't know that like, you know, I'm the, I'm the fortress, you know, you can't break me down. No one can break me down. So it didn't, it didn't matter. But yeah, so I'd always wondered like, what if I had actually tried to transfer, but then like the the relationships and stuff that I made and stuff I went through that made me who I am today, I wouldn't have experienced. So it's like... Your,
0: was your fourth year any better? Did you guys make the tournament?
1: So, funny, I, got, I got off sidetracked and didn't even ask the question, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, second, third and fourth year, we were, we were pretty good. My second and my third year, we were probably, well, 30, we were the best. My second year, I believe we won, what, 20 games, which is like okay. a huge, huge jump. Okay. Third year, Was uh pretty sure that was the first time that we had beat a ranked team. I think it was um, Saint Mary's. They were ranked like twenty third or something, and we came, we 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 busted that ass. (laughs) (laughs) And it it felt good. It felt good to do it. Third year, like that, was the third year when I think it was that third year was when we were ranked. We were briefly ranked. Okay. And it's like that was the first time the university had been ranked, and like I don't know how many years Mm -hmm. and people were high people were amped but the problem is when you're ranked other teams are amped to play you too Mm -hmm. so like we had because we had went to um we went to a tournament in anaheim we played minnesota when DeVoe was there beat their ass Mm. we played (laughs) we played ucla blew them out by 30. okay we played um there was someone else we played we Dusted them, and it's funny because, like, we're on TV because this, this game was uh, I think it was like on ESPN 2 maybe, like, or that whole tournament. And they're like, We don't know who any of these guys are at some small school in Portland, and they're winning everything. <laughs> they're saying everyone's name. People wrong. are getting mad, people are
0: like, starting getting mad.
1: Yeah, they're actually getting mad because, like, these team's like Clemson in this tournament, and like, you like, Clemson, UCLA, Minnesota, like, big name teams that are usually like in the high up in the tournament. And yeah. We are. Killing them. And the thing is, like, it was so cool to see how some of my teammates, you know, they went from, like, you know, not having that much swag or that much confidence to having so much confidence, you know, being up there. Because there's this guy on our team, Jared Stoll. You look at him, he looks like a, just a regular, a regular guy. But this dude is a well, fucking sniper, man. Like, to this day, I think one of the best shooters I've ever seen live. And, like, I'm telling you, I will put my money – like, depending on what, what shoot is in the NBA, I'm putting my money on Jared. Because mm. this dude did not miss. Like, we were going to, we were playing UCLA. And I think he, like, went 10 for 12 from three. Something crazy like That's that. ridiculous. I think in – I think in uh, 2000 – when we graduated 2011, 2010, 2011, somewhere around there, he was, like, ranked the number one or two – I think it was one mm-hmm. – number one shooter in NCAA, like, while he was there three-point percentage, he was shooting like mm. 46 or 47-something percent, 47-point-something. Mm. Crazy. They interviewed him, they're like, how did like How are you making so many threes? And that's when it, that's from him is where I got the whole throwing a rock into the ocean thing, because that's what he said to the reporter on TV. He said, once I see a couple go in, it's like throwing a rock into the ocean. I was like, oh! <laughs> that's tough. I like oh, that. Oh, my God. He's I like that. Random. Yeah. So it was so cool uh, seeing that. And we ended up losing to uh, West Virginia, I think, in the semis of Tough. that tournament. Tough. And that was the year when West Virginia went to the final four. So that's not they the pressing game. like that
2: back then? Full court yeah. defense
1: all up in your face? Yeah, uh, they've always been the same. They've always been the same. And they with their coaches. Yelling, yelling at the whole time. Ah! <laughs> 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 yeah. Coach, crazy on the side the whole time, swearing at them, but that's just how they play, you know? Yeah. Some teams up. And then we got ranked and I was like, okay, it's a, it's, like, it's about to happen, you know? But, but then we got ranked and then we had two bad losses in a row and then we lost our ranking like that. Mm-hmm. that. Oh, my God. Jinxed that killed me. it. Yeah, yeah that, yeah, that killed me.
0: So 20, 20, 2011 comes, you finish off your, your university career. Boo-hoo, no, I'm joking. Um, but you finish <laughs> off <laughs> you finish off university career. I want to know, first of all, what was it like be, be leaving as a, uh, I'm going to assume you're a 23-year-old man. And on top of yeah. that, you know, how hard was it to say goodbye to your new extended family?
1: It was it was tough because, you know, I pretty much spent almost four whole years there, yeah. you know. And there's like a lot of uh, people that I knew, whether they're from there or from the West Coast. And it's like, I'd never spent this much time out here before. And realistically, I mean, at that point in time, I I thought that I'd be, you know, coming back, like, every couple of years. But, you know, things things were never going to be the same after that. Because mm-hmm. when am I going to be able to spend four years or that much, that much time out on the West Coast without, like, living there or having a job or something you or having a family?
0: Yeah. yeah, for sure.
1: So, you know, as, as sad as it was, it's, like, all those good times, like, they had come to an end. And it's, like, the group that I was living with was, like, you know, a mixture of, like, uh, teammates and students like that were, just were really good friends and like we still talk in the group chat to this day and saying bye to those guys especially because like I was one of the guys that put our house together and we had like an epic epic fun year like on the court and off the court mm-hmm. it was sad man like tears were definitely shed like you know you know like the grown man hugs, or you like grab him and like I miss you my guy you know kind of on the back <laughs> shit, like yeah on the it was it was tough and it was sad because like I even had a lot of support out there because people had, who were fans of uh, the team, they saw me go from like you know someone who was like out of shape, not ready to play, to someone who was like you know, a staple guy off the bench, like a guy who would come off the bench and like bust someone up, you know, come dunk mm. on someone's head, then go back and sit down, <laughs> <laughs> you know, coming just uh, just coming in and bringing the energy, you know.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: So, for sure. it was it was it was tough. And it still makes me sad to think about it, you know, because like uh, every year I'm always like, oh, you know, I'm gonna, be, I'm gonna go out there, I'm gonna get out there, and then something always happens. And oh, something always happens, man. I don't know why. So they
0: they, they say that coaches are, are are like extended fathers. Um, did you still you still keep keep in contact with your coach till this day? And and if so, do you guys do you guys have conversations about like your pro career, or like what to help you with, or you know, have you guys had those those conversations a lot or no? No. Okay. I mean.
1: He he wasn't like a father to me. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. <clears throat> so after after I had left, I mean, I'll spare you guys the whole story of everything that happened. But like uh, when I was when I was leaving and trying to go pro, I didn't really receive the support that A I wanted and B I think I should have got, mm-hmm. or even C the support they said they were going to give me yeah. when I was going to go pro. Yeah. So. After going and being successful, like, there would be, you know, people saying, oh, yeah, yeah, hey, good job, Jason. You know, we're, we're so proud of you. And I'd be like, yeah, thanks. And just kind of kept it, just kept it moving, you know, because, like, I just don't yeah, want that. You,
0: that. The, the the love wasn't there. You didn't feel the love.
1: Yeah, no, it wasn't there.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, you. mean,
1: there was probably some kind of tough love there or, like, because how they always treated me was, like, you know, they would do something and they'd be like, yeah, Jason, I'll be all right. Mm. And uh, I always was, you know, so like that's why they would, they would keep doing it because it doesn't matter, it never really mattered what they did, whatever they did, I would find a way to, you know, be all right, be okay, recover from it, whatever. Yeah. So, correct me if I'm wrong, but 2012 to 2014, you go to Sylvania. Correct. Well, <clears throat> so... It, and the thing with seasons starting at like the end of the year that always messes me and other people up because it's not really twenty twelve to twenty fourteen. It's like two thousand eleven fall to like two thousand thirteen fall. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it's like it's like almost there, but like you know, like a little, a little under with the year. But fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. So my first year, rookie year, it was a opening experience because as tough as college was, and and that's the thing because I was like okay. College was hard, but there's no way this can be harder. Like I'm mm-hmm. finally gonna be getting paid. I was so wrong. <laughs> <laughs> the pro game is a, the pro game and the whole thing that comes with being being a, a pro basketball player. It's a world within itself. Mm. The it's world within itself. And it's, they don't play. They don't play around. And like they'll try to play around with you, but it, as soon as money gets involved, like everything changes. Everything changes. Mm-hmm.
0: So talk 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 to us about that uh, that contract negotiation and why you chose Slovenia. Uh, was that your only offer? Did you have other offers? Um, just give us a whole rundown of what you know pursued pursued you there, and also give us a whole rundown of what the experience like was to now have a brand new extended family.
1: Yeah, so <clears throat> my agent was the one that helped me uh, decide everything, especially in that especially in that first contract. Um. He had contacted some teams out there. There were a couple teams interested, like, um, I think there were three, I can't remember exactly, but I know that there were at least two that were like, you know, in close proximity. One was like a pretty high level team and then one for one year. And then one was a lower level team for two years. Mm-hmm. So as good as it would be to go for the higher level right away and like, you know, more money, he said it would be safer to go for the team with, with lower with two years so then you can experience what it's like to be a pro. Because if you play well, the money will come. Mm. Some So many people are so fast to try to jump at the money, jump at the money, especially if it's earlier in your career. It's better to get settled in first because it's, it's so easy for you to go to a team that's a high level, them expect something. You mess up in, you know, one or two games and they just kick you out. Especially when you're rookie season, when you're trying to establish yourself in the game. If you get axed early, that's it for you. Like, yeah. It's hard to recover from, like, a bad rookie year, mm-hmm. especially a year that you're not there the whole time. You know, even if you played well and get cut, they're going to be like, okay, well, if you're – if you're like, another teams going to look at that as a red flag because teams, they're trying to see whatever they can find as a red flag so they can either pay you less or go for someone else, you know? Yeah. So you got to do what you can to like, preserve yourself. And, like, so – they chose to go with the team that was a little bit of a lower level, a little bit less money, but then two years, because then it's like a guaranteed stay for two years. So I had time to work on my game, feel the place out, learn what it's like to be a pro, everything, and then go on from there.
0: And fair enough
1: I, fair I, enough. I agreed with him. He knew what he was talking about. So I went.
0: And honestly I feel like I feel like even in today's in the NBA game and stuff, people always look for that little bit of a long-term deal because they feel like, you know, unless you're going to Kentucky University. But other than that, you know, typically they want to be like you said, they want to feel out the 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 codes, they want to feel out the program, they want to feel out where they live. And people don't really like leaving, you know, bouncing back and forth between, you know, countries yeah. or cities or, you know, states, whatever the case might be. Right. So um exactly. talk to us a little talk to us a little bit about Again, how it felt to just kind of pick yourself up and leave to a whole other country, similar to Canada, but just talk to us about you know the anxiety level and 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 again being away from home. Maybe you know, if you know, like you said from earlier from when you're at Portland, not knowing every not knowing people, uh, just give us a rundown of, of, about where your emotions were during those times.
1: Yeah, so I was also ready to get going at that point in time, and I was like, okay, you know, now time for the pro career. You know, just try to do as much damage as I can. And then, you know, just try to play at the highest level that I can. So This is the mm-hmm. first step. And then just every year, try to take a step up. And when I'm there, you know, try to um, keep working on my skills, be the best player that I can. I mean, have some fun, too, because mm-hmm. some people get too caught up in the grind and then they get burnt out. But you got to enjoy where you're at when you're there. Right. So you always got to make sure you take some time out. And you, think you can't take out too much time for fun because then that, inhibits the work so sure. you got to keep a balance for sure so I was excited to go I didn't really know what I was getting into because I didn't, had no idea what it was going to be like and I mean where where the team was I didn't really know much about I mean should I have done some research yeah when I got there did I know how much research there was no but then there wasn't much to research about that place because <laughs> yeah. I fly into the airport in Ljubljana And we're driving and we're going. I'm like, wow, man, Ljubljana is so great. Like, I wonder, like, where the, like, where our gym's at or where I'm going to be staying. Mm -hmm. And we just keep on driving and driving and driving. And then we're, like, going through the mountains and through the forest. I'm like, man, where the hell are we going? (laughs) (laughs) And then where I'm playing is literally in, like, a very small town of, I don't even know how many people, maybe, like, a thousand people, if that. Yeah. And I'm like, man. This is where I'm going to be for two years. I'm like looking out like from, because uh, they had me in an apartment and we have a little balcony. All you see is corn and like tractors and people doing their farm stuff and I'm like hell yeah, no. Nah. I'm from Saga, man. What the hell is this? <laughs> yeah. yeah for sure. You know? And there's like literally nothing in the town. There's like the school, a block of apartments, like a grocery store, a couple restaurants and like like a store where you can buy like mixed snacks and like a little bit of everything mm-hmm. and like that was literally about it Mm-mm. i'm like mm-hmm. is there like a map of this place or like a map you're talking about man like where do you need to go <laughs> i'll tell you <laughs> i'll tell you, where you need to, i'll let you know just that way or that way. i'm like okay well what's the, like there's like one main road like do you know like what's the name of this road I'm like no one knows it's just a, like it's was, it was a that's, different world that's creepy
0: that's creepy it's a different creepy. world,
1: man. Right? It's like this one main road that goes through the whole town.
0: For sure. So, talk to us a little bit about about playing there for the two years. Just, just actual playing at this point. You know, obviously you were you were named uh, the 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 block weeks or or the block or MVP for you know I think it was week two, week three, or 2013, 12 or something along, along those lines. Talk to us about you know finally being a pro, getting your shine, getting your money, being a pro, and and, and talk to us about the basketball atmosphere out there.
1: Yeah, it was, uh, it was good. And the thing with overseas is like the passion they have for watching a game is so different from here because here you'll be in an NBA game and it's like, yeah, it's packed, but people only really get up and stand up and are excited when they're giving away free stuff. You know, like they have the t-shirt candy, Everyone's like, oh, go yo, yo, over here, t-shirt. But like over there, none of that. There's none of that. cheerleaders, none of that. And they're going nuts the whole time. Like you score a basket, people are going insane. And it's like, really, people only go insane when people score, like, at the end of the game or, like, yeah. at the buzzer or something here, right? And so it's pretty cool. Of, like, I'd, I shoot a hook and everyone starts cheering. <laughs> <laughs> you know? no. So there was that. I mean, practice was kind of tough. We had two practices a day, every single day. And so that was, like, a different kind of grind because we didn't really have access to a weight room. For some reason, mm-hmm. I don't know that team. Well, it was just a small team, you know. So the, the equipment wasn't like limited. So the weight kind of stuff we did was like body weight stuff, where it's like you're doing like the wheelbarrow walks and someone's holding your legs and like lots and lots of running, like lots of like there's like a bench you have to like jump over the bench and like do step ups and like jump up and like try to touch the rim or that kind of stuff, like body weight squats, like try to do like a hundred something body weight squats and like stuff like that. So it was just a uh, a different um, atmosphere, but it was just also very hard. And then sometimes I'd wonder like these guys have literally just been playing out here for like the majority of their lives and they're, they're so good. <laughs> fair, fair. Sometimes I wonder like how they would fare if, if they had gone like to the States or like something like that, because some of these point guards are like so creative. Some of these guys can shoot one of like my first year, the other big on our team is arguably one of the best guys that I've ever played against as a big. Mm-hmm. I do not understand it. a guy named Dmitri from Uzbekistan. I thought he was lying. I didn't even know that was a real place. He's like, have you heard of Uzbekistan? I was like, Uzbekistan, really? <laughs> like, who, do you think, who do you think I am? You think I'm some kind of idiot? Uzbekistan is not a real place. He's like, no, it is. I'm like, mm-hmm. Tell me about this Uzbekistan. The, it's it's, a, it's a,
2: real, a real place, yo. It's a real place,
1: <laughs> Seven foot one from Uzbekistan. Harry is all hell. Skinny like a twig. He's like Rudy Gobert skinny. Mm-mm. But this dude had range to range to NBA three, handles, bounce, could almost touch the top of the backboard. And he was the, the fastest guy on our team. By, like, by far, like, smoking the guards in every race conditioning thing, most conditioned and fastest. I'm like, like, what can he not, what can he do? Mm.
0: How, old he is, can't how old was he, he at the
1: time? He, he was, like, 27, so I was, like, 23, 24, he was 27, he, and he'd been there for the last three years, so he'd literally just been there for three years, grinding every single day on his game. Mm-hmm. That's it. That was literally it. He ate junk, he ate all kinds of bullshit. He would just eat, like, cakes and spaghetti. <laughs> wow. And he was wow. a machine. Yeah. But he he had performance anxiety. He couldn't play in the games. He, like, he couldn't, like, he would, especially when I got there, you know, you guys don't understand. My very first play of my very first pro career, we were doing, like, three-man weave, 2 back. I was the first person to go, and I got dunked on in my very first thing. I like rarely, rarely, rarely get dunked on. By um, him, I'm, I'm coming. Uh, yeah, by him, it, with ease. Like he didn't even care. <laughs> <laughs>
0: this guy said, "Welcome to the league." Right. You're exactly. Not- <laughs> I
1: couldn't. I couldn't believe it. Like they just ball to him. He just jumped off one leg, two hands, and like my hand was like all the way up. He like he like went like this, like over my hand, and then just dunked gets back Damn. in the back of the line, like nothing happened. I was just like, <laughs> I've arrived. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is, this is going to be a long year, man. <laughs> it's like, he's just like running the fast break and I'm chasing him the whole time. And it's like, I'm just, I'm like literally trailing him on every single play. Yeah. If he doesn't get the rebound, he's out of there, down the court like that. Yeah. He gets the rebound, outlets it, outlets it and it's still like, I have a fast, I have a head start. And you still be down the court, man. And I'm running <laughs> as fast as I can. Yeah. And the thing is, like, this is back when I was in, like, prime shape, too. So I wasn't slow. Like, mm-hmm. he was just so quick. But, like, when it came to the games, he would just get nervous, and then he would just mess up.
0: Mm-mm. Transition now to 2014 to 16. I think those are those times. You come back home now. You play in the NBL. What, yeah, like? what was it like? What was it like? The- what was it like to finally be home and be with your with with your family and and this is the first time in what eight years nine years you've actually been like yeah I'm I'm home.
1: It felt good. It felt good. Um, I got drafted to the Halifax Rainmen. Okay. Uh, I was hoping to get drafted to the team in Mississauga because you know that's where I'm from, but you know. Yeah. Didn't happen. So Halifax was was it, and it was a it was a good environment out there. Okay, and we had a we had a really good team out there too. Um, I ended up leaving the team when like kind of three quarters of the way through the season, and got another contract to go play in Mexico. Mm. But while I was while I was there, we were we were a solid group, and it felt good to to be back on like home soil. You know, even though the NBL, I've never really agreed with how the NBL like runs things. Just because the the turnover rate is so high and like the pay isn't that isn't that good, so it's like how do you expect to truly build a league where people are just getting switched in and out like all the time? And especially back then, you only needed like three Canadians on the team. So what some teams would do is they just take three any three Canadian guys, sit them on the bench, and then just have the all the Americans play. Pay all the Americans a lot, play them a lot, and the Canadians are getting like. The league minimum, which is like one thousand six hundred Canadians a month sitting right. on the bench. That's Serb the right there. Show. Yeah. Bro, Serb is more. <laughs> <laughs> you're I'm right. Like, you telling me I'm s i am I went division one, did all this to play pro in my country to be treated like this at home? Yeah. I mean, I wasn't treated like that, but I saw other Canadian guys get can treated like that, so that's not because I I played a good amount in Halifax I had a good time sure. out
0: there. You got, you guys actually went twenty two and ten that year. Think it was you guys came second yeah. in second in, in, in the league. Um, obviously, excuse me. Obviously, you know you, you mentioned that you weren't there the entire time. But talk to us about you know did, did you guys make the finals? Did you guys did you guys uh, you know how was it, was that season at the end? Like, how did you guys finish off?
1: Well, there was a lot of controversy in how that season ended. <laughs> you can only because, because it was, uh, I'm pretty sure it was uh, game seven. Like, yeah, like the last game. Um, there was a brawl in the morning. Like, yeah. <laughs> among the team. Yeah, well, no, among both teams, like our team and, oh. and their team. There was like a brawl in the morning, and then coach was like, yeah, okay. If we play tonight, it's just going to be another fight. Like, literally, there's not going to be a game. Everyone's just going to fight. So we're not going to play. And then just got everyone on the bus to go home. And then they were like, yo, you have to play. You have to play. It's like, well, we don't feel safe. Like, we're not. We aren't going to jeopardize our guys who are going to want to play other places to for a ass championship, you know, like. Like, okay, we'll postpone the game. So they say they're gonna postpone it and like you know, maybe like tempers cool a little bit, whatever. Then the next day they just announced that the uh, we forfeited. What? <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> what? Like what kind of rules are those, man? How are you gonna tell us that you're gonna postpone it and then just say we forfeit? Mm-hmm. So and that's how that ended. But really, I think if we played that last game that we would have won. So Transition
0: now. You go to the summer league. You play for the Washington Wizards summer league team. Uh, you play with with another with another Canadian, Kevin Pangos. Uh, one of one of the best point guards that I've ever seen. To be honest with you, um, yeah. I, I, you know I've seen a lot of point guards play, and in my opinion, I think he's one of the best. Um, who deserves an, an NBA contract sometime down the line? So hopefully, he'll get that. Talk to us about that experience about playing in the summer league with these with these NBA guys, getting coached by these NBA coaches. Uh, talk to us about the process about getting there and talk to us about some of the, you know, some of the information that you learned from them and uh, and just key points you learned from even these NBA guys as well.
1: Pangos is an amazing guy. My guy, my fellow West Coast Conference uh, buddy, mm-hmm. <laughs> he mm-hmm. he got to Gonzaga right after I left. So unfortunately, I didn't get to play against him. It mm-hmm. would have been cool. Right. But yeah, so a whole, a whole year with uh, the Washington Wizards as like a player development intern. Mm-hmm. which is basically how I earned my invite to Summer League because they're like, look, you'd be helpful for us because, you know, the coaches are either not big enough or they're, like, kind of frail to be banging with the bigs. So if you can do that, we'll tell you what to do. You do it. We'll, uh, we'll put you on the Summer League team. I was like, bet. Let's go. So I was there for so the whole year. More. Yeah learned a lot about what the NBA is like from the inside, which was like really cool to see. And um, it was interesting to learn like just how players act and like how players are treated and like how coaches go about the game. And it's just it's all like it's all everything is nitpicked so much. And like there's so many things are about analytics and um, also like just like how the players feel, like how how they take care of their nutrition, literally. They take care of everything for you in the NBA. Because now when I, after seeing that, I was like, how do some of these guys fail? Yeah. Because they do literally everything in their power to make sure you succeed. So it's like, okay, when these guys fail, it's, it's on them. Because literally, you go to the gym and there's food there. Like like healthy food, being cooked, that tastes good. So I mean, you don't even got to cook for yourself, but you could you could come to the gym, eat. Practice, get shots up, uh, do your weights, get your get your food for home, like pack something to take home, eat later, and you're good. Like I don't understand, like people are just out there just you know, get in trouble or you know, like not not focusing on the right things. And that's what happens to them. But yeah, so it was really cool getting the chance getting the chance to be in summer league. Um, I have a, another dream of mine that I got to, you know, play in that. Unfortunately, I didn't get to play that much, which is uh, unfortunate, but it was still a good experience. You know, got to go to Vegas, play in the... the Pavilion, you know, Pavilion? Play, yeah, play in the in that, uh, arena at UNLV, you know, to see all the people. That's when uh, the same year Lonzo Ball was uh, playing in summer league, So, of course, he got all the hype. The big year. Yeah, so no one came to our games, but <laughs> <laughs> it was all good. Just to be in the same environment as everyone too, and like meet all meet all the different people, meet all the different coaches. Like, I got to meet Eric Spolstra while I was there. Mm. That's so that's pretty cool. And like, that's a neighbor uh, Yeah, Eric Spolstra, He's all he's a UP alumni. He also went to UP. Nice. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So it was funny. He was making a joke saying that him and I are like the two the most known, notable people from Portland. Portland. <laughs> 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 so, he's got, he's got jokes, he's got jokes. So, um, who, who who were your coach at the time? Um, Sam Cassell? No, no, no. Um, what was his name? Chad... Chad Iswick? Okay. Oh, 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 you mean for Summer League or for the...? Summer League, Summer League. Yeah, for Summer League coach Chad something I think he's with Chicago now
0: okay okay did did, what are some things that you learned from him and what are some really cool things you learned from him just on an NBA standpoint also as as a as a human being too
1: um what did I learn from him (laughs) (laughs) I mean personally I don't think I learned all that much from him just because like Yo, you guys got to understand. I really wanted to play, and and when I only got to play like five Mm -hmm. minutes in the last game, I was like, "Yo, coach, this ain't it, man." Because I I understand they had to play a lot of like the roster guys, like the first, second year guys who are forced to play in summer league, you know. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, like, because summer league is so much about exposure they don't need exposure. They're already in the NBA. So what do they really care about playing in some of the They don't. Mm-hmm. So I understand that you have to play them, but you, you've got to throw some of the dogs in because the, the dogs that are hungry are the ones that are going to get you the win. Yeah. Because we, we lost every game. And me sitting there being like, I mean, I don't know really realistically how much impact I would have had. I mean, personally, I think I would have balled out, but you never know how the, how the game would go. Mm. But I'm like, If I don't play, we're not going to win. That's how I was feeling, you know. (laughs) I'm like, if they don't put me in the game, we're not going to win because none of these other guys care. Like, I'm gonna be out there trying to, like, I'm not just trying to show and get points and do this. I'm trying to win the game. Like, these guys are out there trying to get it, make a summer, make a summer league highlight tape. Man, I don't care about that. I'm trying to win.
2: Do you? Do you remember the guys? Some of the? Did they draft anybody that year?
1: Um. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking I don't remember who their draft pick was. No, I, I can't remember. But some of the guys that are on my team were um, the guy from Villanova who hit the shot to beat U, uh, UNC. Mm. Who else is on my team? Um, what's his name? Devin Robinson from uh, – he ended up playing on Raptors 905 too. Mm-hmm. But he was on the team. Um, oh, yeah, from
2: Florida. Okay.
1: Yeah. Who else? Pangos. The Pangos is really good. Um, there was a guy who went to Pitt who was good, Michael something. Don't remember his name. And then there was another guy, really short guy, but he like led the NCAA in scoring, Marcus something. He's like, Oh, five, went to Central Michigan. Like yeah, that guy. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So you're, okay. I know
2: that group. I remember that group.
1: Yeah. I'm, so, I-, I mean, like, we were, we were all right, but like, I don't know, man, those guys. Like well, I don't want I don't want to say it was a, I don't want to say it was a selfish team, but like we didn't play as a team, you know. Like guys yeah. are just trying to trying to get their points. And it's like even me, as someone who who barely played in summer league, like one of the unwritten rules of basketball, and everyone knows it. When someone who doesn't play gets into the game, what do you do? Trying to score that thing every time. You give them the ball. You give them the yeah. ball. <laughs> you make sure that person gets the ball. Yo, they didn't do that. No, man, I, I couldn't believe it. I got into the game. Everyone was finally excited for me to get into the game because even all those people that I, I had worked with, like the other, like, you know, managers and stuff like that, like the, I don't want to say lower level guys, but guys that weren't coaches, they were like, yo, when Jason gets in because they knew I could play. They're like, oh, when Jason gets in there, watch what's going to happen. Like, he's going to open so many eyes. So I got in there, and they're like, yes, finally his chance. Yo, I remember Marcus had the ball at the top of the key. We were running like a like a flat set, right? Gotcha. The dude Michael from Pitt is on the other elbow, and I'm on like the elbow that's kind of closer to him. My awesome. guy's not it. even denying me. He's not even denying me. They're denying Michael hard because he was he was scoring, and my guy's kind of even playing off of me to try to help if Michael will get the ball because oh, that you wow. can, can play.
2: He looks me off. <laughs> But that the thing is, now that I know who you're talking about, Marcus, he's that he's that dude. That's what he did yeah. at Michigan Central, Michigan. That yeah, is what yeah. he
1: did. He looked me off and I'm wide open. I'm like, bruh, what the hell, yo? It's not like I'm gonna get it and just go rogue and try to go right to the basket. I'm supposed to get the ball and give a hand off to someone else. You won't even give me the ball, man. What's going on? Let
2: me guess. He jacked it up.
1: Yeah, one on one. Yeah, is that... he's not open. You know what? Fuck it. I'm shooting. Yeah, no, it sounds. So... I'm happy for the experience, you know. For sure. Did I learn anything from, from Chad? Not really. I mean it was what it was. You know, I appreciate the, the experience. Glad I got like I could always say, Hey, I was in summer league. I even got my picture. I got my picture so no one can say I wasn't there. <laughs> <laughs> I think I got like one rebound and one foul or something like that. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. So in a
2: so, so in a perfect world, you know, Chad puts you a little bit earlier throughout the whole tournament and you yeah. see you see where the cards lay out. But yeah. um, speaking of a perfect world, I always like to conclude uh, with this, um, ask a few more questions here um, on the topic of it being a perfect world. So you finish off this sentence for me. In a perfect world, um, you're at you're in high school again, your last year at Port, and um, you have a chance, you have a full scholarship to go anywhere for college. You cannot pick North Carolina. You cannot pick Portland. Who would it be?
1: Who would and why? it be? And it can be any, anywhere. Any team. Any team. Uh, Kentucky. Kentucky. Mm. And I would go there because, like, they're basically an NBA factory. Mm-hmm. Now, do all their players do, like, very well in the NBA? That's up for debate. But, mm-hmm. like, they make it there. And if you make it there, like. It's on you out it, there. It's on you, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, knowing that if I went there and they'd be, like, they'd put pretty much me going to the NBA first on their, like, list of things to do. Mm-hmm. Or at least one of them. Because, like, even if you go to Kentucky and, like, you don't play, you can transfer anywhere you want. Someone's going to take oh, you sure. and then you will play. Because I look at Kyle Wiltshire, who's also, like, you know, Canadian, but, you know, played is from Portland, all that kind of stuff. A good friend of mine. Went back to Gonzaga. Yeah, went to Gonzaga and destroyed. And now he's doing, he was in the NBA for a little bit, playing playing his ass off overseas. He's he's got it made, he's fine. But all because he, like literally all because he left Kentucky. Yeah. But then all because he went to Kentucky in the first place. You know, yeah, that resume is everything. Yeah, like if you have a chance to go to Kentucky, go to Kentucky, man.
2: <laughs> <laughs> now you're excelling at Kentucky, scoring double digits. I'm not gonna put a number, but uh you're gonna get drafted. You know, you're you're a lottery pick. You know, you have multiple offers from teens in the NBA, they need you. Now, ultimately it comes down to you. Obviously, you have a voice of opinion. You don't get to pick where you get drafted, but if you had that option, which city are you going to?
1: Toronto, man. Oh, Toronto, man. Toronto, Toronto. why? But why? If, but if I if well, just because just because I'm from here. Mm-hmm. If I'm from no, here, I, it'd like... be it'd be amazing for like my family to come see me play and like family friends and like you know kind of build something here for like the the you them you know. <laughs> <laughs> because I, w- I would love to come back and like build something for kids to be able to, you know, have this have maybe not the same path, but just have an, have an option if they really want to grind and go to it. Make it so they have a, so they have a chance. Because like I'm not gonna pretend. I'm not gonna pretend. You know, like mm-hmm. if I wasn't six ten here and I was like maybe like six five, would I have had the same chances? Definitely not. No way. No way. You know. But like, you can't teach height. So because I was 6'10", I was able and, and Because I was 6'10 and willing to work, that's what made my career what it was, you know? Because there's a bunch of guys that are 6'10 and lazy or thought they deserved this or deserved that. But I was never like that, you know? But all I ever needed was an opportunity. And luckily, people put me in the right place to have the opportunities that I needed to get seen by the people who I needed to get seen by to make it so that, you know, today, At 32 years old, I'm still playing. Mm. And I would love to, you know, just have another option for kids to be able to do that, you know, because there's so many people who they're good, have passion, work hard, but just never had the opportunity to get seen or anything like that. Or even, like, they don't have a basket to shoot at, man. They don't have a gym to go to. Like, it can't be, man. Like, in the States, you go down, like, You go down the street, the high school's open. Everyone's playing. Everyone's working out, doing this, doing that. They're all getting better. Mm -hmm. Here, you know how hard it is to, like, bro, Andrew Nicholson, best friend, leaguer. Like, all the accolades you can imagine. Mm -hmm. He can't go work out at Father Gates, man. He has to pay.
2: Crazy.
1: You kidding me? You kidding me? Yeah. He he runs his camp there every, every year, and he has to pay to run his camp there every year. Yeah. Come on, man. Come on, man. Yeah. One of the only... I think the only player to go from Canadian basketball high school or maybe the last one to go high school, D1, league. League, yeah.
2: It's unacceptable. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like Something we're trying to erase here in the Canadian culture, but it's, it's yeah. going to take time, man. Exactly. It's going to take time because that's something simple. But for Canadians, that's like... You have to pay to get in your own gym, and you made history there. That that goes over their yeah. head. They don't see Crazy. Yeah. it, yeah. And it's just because they don't emphasize basketball the way it should be. And it's yeah. gonna take a while. It's especially hard right now in terms of COVID. But yeah. uh, you know, people like you and uh like myself and Steven, you know, we're gonna try and change that culture one day at a time, once one petition at a time.
0: Welcome back. As you guys can tell, we have lost our co-host. It's unfortunate, yeah. though, um, his, his wife, some, some yeah. technical difficulty with his Wi-Fi. Um, however, the question, he had one final question. Um, his question was, who do you have in the finals this year?
1: Who do I have in the finals? <laughs> um, I'm going to say Lakers and Bucks. Mm. Okay. Because so, the Lakers... So
0: LeBron and Giannis.
1: LeBron versus Giannis, man. Yeah.
0: Okay. Because okay. I like how
1: the Bucks are looking right now, but then the Lakers are just... They're just overpowered right now. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Then, as much as I want the Raptors to be back there, I don't know. They're looking kind
0: of shaky. <laughs> they're kind of shaky right now. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. We're not going to talk about the Raptors anymore. They're, they're starting to break my heart a little bit. Hopefully... Hopefully hopefully, we, we get a win tonight, though, and we can, we can start yeah. off something right, you know? yeah final question for you <laughs> we ask all of our guests this question um the question is two-parter who would you recommend to get on this show but here's the thing here's a catch you have to help us get them
1: oh easy alex johnson man okay you guys have, did you guys have alex johnson yet not yet we're, we're trying to get him on the yeah. show too Okay. Trying to get like him on. Okay, okay. Okay. Good friend Just, of mine, longtime friend. We used to play on Toronto 5.0 together. Way back. Jeez! Jeez. Like, yeah, 15, 16 years old. Toronto 5.0. Oh my god. That's that that
0: is a vintage team to talk about. Toronto 5-0. Yeah. My, god. <laughs> yeah. my god. My god. Oh man. They actually turned Good into Yace. Yeah. They turned into Yace. Devin uh George, No, Devin. I forgot his last name, but Devin uh, took over them and, and brought them over mm-hmm. to Yates. Crazy, yeah, crazy.
1: Yeah.
0: Hey, Jason, we want to thank you for your time. You know, thank you very much for taking the time to talk to us today. Uh, talking no problem. To our viewers thank you. And, thank you. And, and
1: everything. Let us know where your socials are, man. We want to we be able to give you some follows. Featuring Big J on all platforms. All Jason right, Hannibal, man. Jason with two ends, Hannibal like the movie.
0: Okay. Okay. We like yeah. it. Again, man. You know, happy New Year to you and your family. You know, hopefully, 2021 is a lot better than what happened this past year. Uh, again, yeah. thank thank you for your time, and we really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us today.
1: Yeah, hey, no problem, man. Let's keep times going. I mean, 2021 is already looking a little, a little crazy, but let's just keep the positive vibes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> most definitely, man. Most definitely, and man, we'll talk to you soon.
1: Hey, take care, man.